0: you're listening to audio from trinity west seattle for other resources more information about this sermon series or to connect with us visit our website www.trinityws.com hello my name is joan and i will be reading from romans 8 19 through 25 as you are able please stand for the reading of god's word In light of this being a family service, everyone is invited to read aloud with me. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, we, with this scripture, we're beginning Advent today, which is really exciting, and uh, my wife, Emily, calls me the Advent ambassador, and it's because I love Advent so much. I feel it's so important for us as Christians. I want to encourage you guys as we begin this series uh, and this season to grab one of these devotionals that we've made for you To enjoy, to spend some time with God every single day as you read his word and you read a meditation on his word and you sing a carol either on your own or with family or with friends. Uh, My family began doing this when our kids were very little and it's just been an incredible tradition for us uh, to be able to light a candle and to focus our attention together as a family on Jesus and on his imminent return. And that's actually brings me to what Advent is really about. Some of you guys go, I don't know what this word Advent is all about. What is this thing? And, and Advent comes from a, a Latin word that means arrival or it means coming. And, it, and it's a celebration, not just of Jesus's first arrival, but also of anticipating Jesus's second arrival. And, and so on Christmas... We celebrate Jesus, God, coming to us in the form of a human, uh, coming in human flesh to save us, which is incredible, it's beautiful, it's amazing, I can't wait. That's when we'll light this candle and we'll have a big party and we'll celebrate on Christmas Eve. But we also want to celebrate and anticipate the second arrival of Jesus. And so what I'm trying to get at is that celebrating Jesus' first advent trains our hearts to await his second advent. And so the purpose of advent is to know and believe in that in the person of Christ God has given us hope, peace, joy and love that will last forever. And today we're going to focus on hope. I'm going to pray as we get started. Father in heaven, We come before you now just asking, would you transform us into Advent people, people who are eagerly anticipating the imminent return of Jesus? Help us to become Advent people of hope today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now in the Bible, the word hope, especially the word that's used, translated as hope in the Old Testament, is about waiting for something and then also the tension that you feel while you wait, okay? And when I think about waiting and the tension that you feel when you wait, my mind immediately goes to another book, and that book is called Waiting is Not Easy. Children, do you guys know this book by Mo Willems? Any kids in the room know this book? Okay, some of the parents raising their hands. Isn't this book fantastic? I love this book. My mind went immediately there, and since we have the kids in the room with us, I thought it'd be a great opportunity for the adults to get in on how wonderful this book is. So I'm going to read this book, because this is what this reminds me of, this waiting time, if we would. So, Gerald, he says, I have a surprise for you. Yay, what is it? The surprise is a surprise. Oh. Is it big? Yes. Is it pretty? Yes. Can we share it? Yes. I cannot wait. You'll have to wait. What? Why? The surprise is not here yet. So I'll have to wait for it? Yes. Groan. Oh, well, if I have to wait, I will wait. I'm waiting. (laughs) Waiting is not easy. Piggy, I want to see your surprise now. I'm sorry, Gerald, but we must wait. Groan! I'm done waiting. I do not think your surprise is worth all this waiting. I will not wait any more. Okay, I will wait some more. It will be worth it. Groan! Piggy! Oh, I'm at you. Piggy, we have waited too long. It is getting dark. It's getting darker. Soon we will not be able to see each other. Soon we will not be able to see anything. We have wasted the whole day. Well, um, we have waited and waited and waited and waited. And for what? For that. Ooh, isn't it pretty? This was worth the wait. I know. Tomorrow morning I want to show you the sunrise. I cannot wait. <laughs> So what's the point? The point is waiting is not easy. And yet, some things are worth the wait. I think one of the easiest examples of this in our lives is when someone gets pregnant. And there's all of this anticipation, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. Maybe you're the mother who is pregnant at the time and you're like this Needs to be over. I want this baby out, right? This has to to happen soon. I'm, I'm eagerly waiting for this baby to be born. And finally the baby is born and the wait was worth it. And in a similar way, waiting on the return of Christ is not easy, but it is worth it. And what we need while we wait is to become Advent. People who are not only able to wait, but people who are hopeful while we wait. And kids, what are we waiting for? Any kids in the room know what we are waiting for? We're waiting for Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the easy answer, right? It's the Sunday school answer. We're waiting for Jesus to come back and finish what he started. Now, why do we need Jesus to come back and finish what he started? When we consider what it means to have Advent hope, we need to think about what it means to not have hope. We need to think about why it is that we need hope. And I think a great example of this is reading the news headlines, which can be super depressing because the bulk of what's reported out there is what's actually going wrong in the world. And not only do we learn about all that's going wrong locally, we, we learn about it on a global scale. And so hope is needed because we grieve the hate and the death that's caused by killings, right? At, at things like Club Q last week, but all these different shootings that we're hearing about. We grieve uh, the war in Ukraine. We grieve the earthquake in Indonesia. Kids, we, we need Advent hope because kids take our toys, right? Right? And we need to forgive them. And so we need Advent hope in those moments, but we also need Advent hope in the moments when we take other kids' toys and we sin against them and we need them to forgive us. Kids, we need Advent hope when kids, other kids say mean things to us. But we also need Advent hope when we say mean things to other kids. Adults, we need Advent hope when we get stuck in our sin. We need hope when our marriages or our families fall apart. We we need hope when our bodies fall apart, when we get disease and death. And Paul shares with us the hope that we have in the middle of that. In that passage that we read in the book of Romans, if we can put that up there again, the Apostle Paul gives us hope for our need. I'm just going to read that again for us really quickly. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay." For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he's promised us. Kids, are you ready for a new body that doesn't get hurt? Isn't that going to be amazing? We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Friends, this is Advent hope. And Advent hope, it says, makes us groan just like Gerald did in the the kids book, right? It makes us groan as we wait. Why? Because we are waiting on something so wonderful, Something so exciting that we can hardly contain ourselves. We want Jesus to return and to, for the surprise of him to finally be here. And so the hope that we have, friends, it's not this like vague, kind of pithy optimism. Optimism's great, but but that, that's not what hope is. And in fact, it can be hard to be merely optimistic. As I said earlier about the state of this world, we need something deeper than optimism. We need concrete confidence like Paul talks about here. And we have concrete confidence that in Christ God is redeeming this broken world. And he will finish what he started. We have concrete confidence that he will return and make all things new and reverse all the effects of sin and suffering like Paul talked about in verse 23. But also that that he will return to make us new and reverse the effects of sin and suffering in us. And so we are looking forward to this, kids, we're looking forward to something that we don't yet have, as, as Paul said here. And so we wait patiently. And i got to be honest, I can hardly wait. It's, it's hard. Waiting is not easy. And another person who couldn't hardly wait was the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote This passage in scripture. In fact, Paul talked about hope more than anyone else in the whole Bible. And it's because he had been transformed to be a person of Advent hope. Here's what I mean kids, I want to tell you a story about the Apostle Paul. You might not know this, but the Apostle Paul wasn't always a Christian. The Apostle Paul started out as someone who was persecuting Christians, he actually led the charge of Christians getting arrested and killed until one day he met the risen Jesus and everything changed. Everything changed. His hope was transformed. And and so that tells us, how do we become people of Advent hope? We need to meet the risen Jesus, the one who was crucified, but who didn't stay dead, the one who rose and is alive today and who will return and the apostle Paul was transformed by this risen Jesus so much so that he wasn't persecuting Christians anymore he now became a missionary where he was going all over the place telling everyone about the hope that he had in Jesus and you know what happened to him as he did As he started telling everybody about the fact that Jesus didn't stay dead, but he rose and, and ascended into heaven, and he's going to return to judge the living and the dead. As he went around the world telling people this story, Paul became persecuted. He says that five times he was whipped within an inch of his life, given 40 lashes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods. One time he was stoned. And three times he was shipwrecked. And we're not talking about a fun shipwreck, kids, like you get to go hang out on an island. No, he was shipwrecked to the point where they nearly died because they couldn't get to where they needed to go. But after all of that, the Apostle Paul nearing the end of his life, someone tells him, they say, you can't go back to Jerusalem, Paul. I, I, the, the Holy Spirit has told me, Paul, that something bad is going to happen to you if you go back to Jerusalem. And the Apostle Paul says, well, the Holy Spirit's told me that I need to go back to Jerusalem. And so he goes back to Jerusalem knowing what awaited him. He goes back on purpose, and he goes to the temple to worship God. He wants to worship God, but they don't want him to worship God. And so this group drags him out of the temple and tries to kill him. But instead, Paul gets arrested. And in his trial before the religious leaders there, Paul says to them, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. He's saying, I'm a religious leader too. I'm a super extra holy person just like you guys like the Pharisees, and he says it is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I'm on trial. Paul says, my hope is what has put me here. This is why you want to get me. This is why you want to put me on trial. This is why you want to kill me. It's because I have hope in the resurrection of the dead that one day we will all rise with Jesus. And so they decided they had no right to kill him there, but they put him in prison instead. And eventually Paul gets to go to meet with the king, King Agrippa. And he goes to meet with the king and and the king uh, allows him to speak before him and Paul says to him, and now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers. Paul says, again, hope is why I am here. It's the hope that I have that God made and promises in the Bible to The people who wrote the Old Testament, things that God has not yet fulfilled, things that have not yet happened, that's why I'm here, and that's why people want to kill me, but that's what I'm hanging on to. And finally, later, he's sent to Caesar in Rome, where where he knows he's going to be killed. He's going to meet with the emperor there, and he says to him, for this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. Paul is wearing chains and shackles, and he's, he's a prisoner. And he says, the reason why I'm here is because of the hope of Israel, the hope that we have, that the Messiah will return, and one day all things will be made new. How could someone possibly go through so much difficulty in this life? We might ask. And Paul tells us hope is the fuel that gave his life energy. It's what he was hanging on to until he breathed his last and saw Jesus face to face. Paul was full of Advent hope because he had concrete confidence in the fact that Jesus would return, give us new bodies, and renew all things. That's the good news that I want to share with you today. If you are in a community group and your group is meeting through this Advent season, I want to encourage you with these questions to spark some conversation. What is one way that waiting on the return of Jesus is not easy for you, and what is one reason that you have concrete confidence that Jesus will return. I'm going to pray, and then let's respond to God together now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending us Jesus to die for our sins so that we could be saved. We thank you for for sending us Jesus to rise in triumph over our enemies of Satan, sin, and death, and ascend into heaven where he will one day from there return to judge the living and the dead and to give us new resurrection bodies, and to make all things new, to take away sin and suffering and everything that's bad. We thank you for this reality, and God, now we thank you for the way in which this reality takes root in our lives today as we hope. We pray that as we respond to you, you would stir up our hearts to have greater and greater degrees of hope in you, and we pray it in Jesus' name, amen.
0: You've been listening to audio from Trinity West Seattle. For more information about our services or to connect with us, visit our website, www.trinityws.com. Thanks for listening.